Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. I am Billy Embody. Thanks for listening. Appreciate you guys stopping in because we've got a lot to cover this edition of the podcast. We're going to jump into Pac-12 expansion talk and just kind of reset everything as another week has gone by as we continue to wait uh, for that decision from the Pac-12 and kind of how they're going to address their future. But we also have kind of an end-of-season recap of SMU basketball, what's next for the Mustangs as they start to dive into the transfer portal to rebuild this roster that loses at least four players um, based on senior night uh, for SMU. And we'll kind of dive into some big news SMU got in basketball as well. We'll also talk about Under Armour Dallas, big recruiting event in the Metroplex. A lot of SMU prospects in attendance. A lot of players have already been by campus for spring practice. So let's jump in. Pac-12 expansion talks continue to happen, continue to be held. Um, the Big 12 also trying to circle their four corner schools as the media rights negotiations continue to trudge on between the Pac-12 and Amazon, Apple and ESPN. And look, mid-March is kind of what we had kind of circled, you know, the first time we've truly circled the time frame, at least for our On the Pony Express subscribers. And it's March 14th. It's Pi Day. Um, and SMU is hoping to get a piece of that Power 5 pie um, with an invite to the Pac-12, as is San Diego State, really the two front runners there. That's not a secret. What is a secret is when is this all going to end? And when is it going to see a resolution? It is a difficult thing to work through as you do have two new media rights partners potentially for the Pac-12, their first time doing a college football and college athletics deal because it would encompass multiple sports uh, across the board for the league when it comes to Amazon and Apple. For ESPN as well, they are trying to see if they can't hold on to that late night Pac-12 after dark time frame. Could they get a piece of some of the Pac-12 inventory as far as streaming goes. That's something that needs to be worked out as well. And the Pac-12 network, What's hap what happens to that um, with its future? One thing um, I picked up over the last couple weeks is that the Pac-12 network with these schools, and this is something that SMU and, and some of these other um, universities that are involved in this are kind of built for is all the Pac-12 schools do not need any sort of, from my understanding, any sort of truck to be brought in to do broadcasts. And what I mean by that, and you see them parked outside of SMU, um, Ford, Ford Stadium, Moody Coliseum, for example, is they're all wired for a, a fiber, some sort of fiber, and I'm not big on the tech, tech side of it, but they're all wired for the Pac-12 network to be run without having to go truck to truck to truck to school. Those things are something that I kind of feel like are involved in all of this, um, just kind of after having some talks with some sources. And how would that break down with Amazon and Apple? Who would get what part of the kind of equipment and setup? And how ready are they to make that happen? Um, obviously, these are tech giants. These are, you know, um, media providers now, um, I would call them with Amazon and Apple, you know, they're streaming that are on the cutting edge of technology. And, and if you listen to our podcast last week with Ross Dellinger, 
how ready is the consumer for streaming to take center stage? And that's something that's still being worked out, how much of this deal would be streaming. But one thing that is of note is that the Pac-12 with their network has built this really high-end system. And what happens with that? How is that folded into these media providers and media partners for the league? So I do think there are parts of that that are being worked out um, because if this deal is struck, what does happen to the Pac-12 network? How does all of that uh, work itself in together? Of course, they're still talking about numbers. We saw a lot of different schools meet last week, nothing really coming from those meetings. And in Colorado's case, for example, they couldn't release what they talked about um, and they couldn't do a vote without a, a, a public hearing. So they talked about it behind closed doors in their special session. That was the update they got from George Klyovkov early in the week at the Pac-12 media or the Pac-12 tournament in Las Vegas. They held a um, special, um, you know, uh, meeting to uh, talk about that. And now they are getting towards that next step, which is when is this going to be finalized? That's the big thing that we're kind of watching for. And Colorado was the one that especially that kind of caught some headlines. They had Pac-12 on their special um, meeting agenda. And so that's something that we're keeping an eye on is, well, what's next? When is the next meeting going to happen? And allegedly, um, depending on who you talk to, the Pac-12 is in constant contact with its schools about this and giving them fairly bi-weekly updates about what's going on with this media rights deal. And during that time, you also also have the Big 12 eyeing schools and staying in contact with them as well, just like SMU has stayed in contact with the ACC, Big 12, and Pac-12 throughout this process. So we sit uh, and wait continuously for uh, Pac-12 expansion to be finalized. What would a media rights deal look like? We continue to kind of wait more on that. But I can tell you, um, you know, mid-March was a time that a lot of people kind of had circled. Will it stretch into April? That will be something to watch. Um, and, you know, you kind of start, because it's been allegedly in the final stages for so long now, you get to these buzz points of, all right, this is the week. You know, last week around the Pac-12 tournament was a big week, for example. And now you get into um, the, what's next? We have the start of the NCAA tournament, March Madness. So when is the next prime opportunity for this to happen? And I don't think it's something where the Pac-12 would care necessarily anymore about timing. I think this is now pointing to a sense of they're trying to hammer out the final details of the final stages of this, and multiple people have reported that. So whenever it does get finalized, that's going to be when they're going to um, or, or news will break and then a formal announcement to come at some point after that. So it is kind of a waiting game for the Pac-12 to make a decision on expansion, but SMU is waiting to get back on the football field as well uh, as it is spring break for the Mustangs. So um, we did have our special spring football special uh, to subscribe to the site. Appreciate all you guys that jumped on board. It's been a lot of fun having some new faces on the site. Uh, we do have a lot of recruiting notes to pass along this week, as well as some early impressions from SMU football spring practice that we'll be posting as well, but a lot of recruiting notes to come. And that's because uh, there was Under Armour Dallas this weekend. SMU has hosted prospects uh, on campus this past, these past two weeks, really. 
while spring football has been going on. And so I want to kind of run down some of my notes from Under Armour Dallas this past weekend. Uh, a really impressive group of prospects that hit um, Arlington Martin High School right down the road, um, in a sense, uh, for me to get to. And I want to lead off with um, one of the guys that I felt like physically stood out in a big way. Um, and it's somebody that SMU hasn't offered yet, but don't be surprised if they do. do. And it's Saxe's 2024 edge prospect, uh, Chetta Ophili. Really impressed with the way he moved. He's got an insane, I think, uh, measurables and everything you look for. He ran really hard, uh, won both of his reps in one-on-one. I was really impressed with what he brought to the table. He's got a few few offers under his belt already, but I could see him really lining up uh, more offers based on his camp performance, and it would not surprise me if SMU was one of those. Um, I did get a look at, on the other side of the ball, SMU's newest offer out, and that went to Daphne, Alabama, Bayside Academy offensive defensive lineman Graham Utter, who is an SMU legacy. His grandfather swam and dove for the Mustangs. Um, So he was on campus visiting ahead of this camp and picked up the offer from Garen Justice and won both of his reps in one-on-ones. I think he's definitely an interior offensive lineman at the next level. Uh, A real squatty guy, big calves, big lower lower body. So I think he's going to be um, obviously one that you circle now. He really enjoyed himself. Um, at SMU, he's got an, a few other teams that are in contact and, and looking at him, um, you know, and as as we go through, you know, a lot of these uh, prospects, you know, I think you've got to go ahead and first of all, get yourself familiar, watch the highlight video that I posted on our YouTube channel of the prospects that were really of SMU notes, some flashes from those guys across the camp. Um, I will say a 2025 wide receiver, Dalen McCutcheon uh, out of Lucas Lovejoy. Um, he's been to SMU a couple times now. He really impressed. He's so smooth. You can tell he's one of the top wide receivers in the country for next cycle um, is a big target for the SMU staff. He looked really good out there running around. Zach Smith out of Red Oak, uh, a guy that he tells me um, he's going to get to go on an official visit to SMU. Arizona State and Baylor are poking around as well to earn an official from him as well. But he really impressed me. He's a bigger guy, so sometimes these camps don't necessarily – Uh, do the best for some of those bigger linebacker prospects, but he's a thick dude, um, part of a Red Oak team that really has some nice prospects on uh, their roster for this cycle and beyond. Uh, uh, Kamarian Morgan uh, is a 2025 defensive lineman that just impressed from a length perspective as well. Um, So really liked what I saw um, from those guys. Uh, I will say the secondary was just flat out awesome. Um, I saw multiple guys working out that are big SMU targets. Everybody, I feel like if you're a recruit, Nick, an SMU recruit, Nick, knows the name Speedy Nettles out of Dallas Christian. And he is really becoming, I think, one of those guys that as you start to see his recruitment unfold, you've got to wonder if SMU can seal the deal with him. I think he's somebody who's going to get to an official uh, at SMU, he is going to go to Purdue for an official visit. Uh, they've d- done a really nice job recruiting him. And he is showing that I think he can play safety and corner. He's becoming a bigger corner since he kind of burst onto the scene. He moved around pretty well out there. Um, but he's starting to really get yoked up a little bit heading into his senior season. Really impressive prospect who plays both ways for Dallas Christian. He was working out at corner uh, over the weekend. Uh, and then Landon Cleveland out of Mansfield Legacy. He's starting 
two, maybe turn into one of those prospects that you don't necessarily think SMU is going to be in on. And now he just showed up for an unofficial visit to campus last week. He tweeted that out, tweeted out some pictures, enjoyed his time on campus. And for Landon Cleveland now, I, I think SMU is in the mix. Um, you know, he's getting to, getting to know Scott Simons, the SMU safeties and defensive coordinator, um, you know, who's kind of taking over recruiting that position along with Kyle Cooper. Uh, Maurice Crum has been in contact with him. I, I think Landon Cleveland really enjoyed himself at SMU. And so now you can kind of pencil him in as somebody to at least watch on the board for SMU just because, um, you know, he, he made the visit. He showed genuine interest. And I, I think for SMU, that's somebody that, you know, you can now uh, push for. You got him on campus. You try to get him back for an official visit. He's got some other programs in mind. Um, but getting him back was big. Um, for SMU, kind of get themselves back into the mix for him. Um, another prospect in the secondary, David Cabongo out of Trophy Club, uh, by, out of, uh, yeah, Trophy Club Byron Nelson. He's safety. Really liked what I saw from him. Definitely a free safety looking prospect. Has some nice offers to his name, um, as well as Chris Wacoma uh, out of Arlington Bowie. Both guys that um, I think have potential to be in that four star range. SMU just hosted David Cabongo for an a unofficial visit, um, and then Chris Wacoma as well. He was a part of that November crew that was on campus. Big, big, big uh, group of you know top targets for SMU um, to keep an eye on. So um, the safety group is really impressive. You had Ashton Williams, also out of uh, Byron Nelson, working out. He's, I think, turning into kind of a safety will linebacker. Very high on SMU. I think he's somebody that is um, going to be right there for the Mustangs here as uh, he eventually makes a decision this summer. Um, I like that secondary group. I just thought it was a group that was a lot of fun to watch. A uh, lot of competitive plays on the ball um, from a lot of that group. And um, finally, I'll uh, note that Zylan Scott, uh, Cedar Hill, 2024 defensive lineman, edge prospect, worked out on the uh, in that group, which is a really impressive group. Um, you know, played inside, played outside. Um, one of those camps that he probably wishes he had pads on, uh, just from the sense that, you know, it's not always easy to get leverage when you're a shorter guy in these camps. Um, in a way, you, you sometimes use those pads to kind of help create that for you. Uh, I think he had a decent day, again, playing kind of all over, um, but he was uh, an unofficial visitor for SMU earlier this spring as well. Finally, on the recruiting front, a little bit of a surprise, but SMU did host Nigel Smith II, an SMU legacy. His father played in the early 2000s on the basketball team uh, out of Melissa, Texas. Big top 100 defensive lineman uh, overall in the country. So a really impressive prospect. He tells me SMU is now in the mix for him, but it's going to be an uphill battle. I, I don't think I need to, you know, if you read the article, I don't think I need to sugarcoat that for you guys, but uh, the article, full article, is up on on theponyexpress.com. So be sure to check that out. A um, lot of visitors, you know, came through campus last uh, couple weeks as SMU got spring ball underway. Another was Brandon Jones, who worked out in the camp as well. Uh, the South Oak Cliff champion was uh, one of the top guys I saw over the weekend. Really impressive, and he spoke highly of SMU as well. So keep an eye on him. We'll have a lot more notes to come on SMU unofficial and official visitors as those start to get set for the summer. Uh, there will be a lot to get to on the football front, so be sure to subscribe to OnThePonyExpress.com. Also, keep subscribing to our YouTube channel. Over 800 subscribers now. Thank you guys so much for subscribing. 
I will note, and for our old school subscribers to uh, uh, us at the prior site, we did subscriber only podcasts in the early days. If we hit a thousand subscribers on our YouTube page, we can do those member only podcasts again. So please tell your friends. I don't care if you watch, but hit that subscribe button for me uh, and we can get to a thousand and start doing those really in-depth podcasts again. So appreciate all you guys who have subscribed already. Keep spreading the word about our YouTube channel as well. Um, quick note before we go on to the basketball team, SMU football did set the date for its pro day. That is going to be March 22nd. Of course, Rasheed Rice is going to work out after an impressive combine performance for him, that 4-5-140, as well as a really awesome uh, over 40-inch vertical jump at the combine in Indianapolis. So another opportunity for him. Um, I would su suspect, and I haven't talked to Rasheed about it, but I would suspect he doesn't run the 40. <laughs> if, if I'm just guessing, maybe if he feels like he can touch a high 4-4 um, at SMU, maybe he goes ahead and runs again. But if I'm him, I'm working out, I'm running the route tree, I'm doing all of those things. Um, so hopefully uh, we'll uh, see him work out, do everything, and, and we'll have that coverage and, and video for you guys at on the Pony Express and on the Pony Express YouTube, of course. Um, but he's been working his tail off, so awesome to see him uh, do what he did at the Combine. I think that really helped his stock in a big way, um, putting those verified numbers down for NFL scouts. So he'll be in action on March 22nd. Um, it'll get going around 9 a.m. We'll be there for full coverage. Be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. We'll put out shorts and all those things for you guys to watch as these guys work out. Um, the rest of the group, defensive lineman, Junior Ajo, cornerback, Armani Johnson, defensive lineman, Ter Terrence Newman, linebacker, Jimmy Phillips, tight end, Ben Redding, um, linebacker, Shannon Reed, safety, Nick Roberts, linebacker, Isaac Slade Matotia, offensive lineman, Jalen Thomas, wide out, Austin Upshaw, defensive end, Gary Wiley, and one-time SMU offensive lineman who transferred to UNLV, Kobe Bryant, will be in town to work out. So good opportunity for a lot of guys to put on in front of the NFL scouts. Um, and look, SMU continues to uh, make some waves in the NFL. Obviously, we uh, noted Chris Banjo retiring after a long career and ended up with the Broncos as an um, assistant coach. But Kelvin Beecham just signed another contract, um, a two-year I believe $5 million deal. So shout out Beach, um, my, my one-time teammate uh, for his long career, made a ton of money as a seventh round pick. So um, pretty impressive run for uh, Beach there uh, to get another deal out of the NFL. So shout out to him. Finally, we're going to jump into some SME basketball talk. Uh, the Mustangs did end uh, their season uh, last week in Fort Worth. Um, they lost to UCF. In their opening game of the AAC tournament, uh, I believe it was 76-70 is the final score. Um, SMU did uh, fall, though. They they started off really well. Kind of looked like they were going to be able to, um, you know, maybe sneak in uh, to that next game, um, you know, in the AAC championship tournament. But nope, wasn't to be. SMU loses four straight to end the regular season. Pretty uh, or to end their season, the first under Rob Lanier. They finished 10 and 22 overall, 5 and 13 in conference play. Just a really, I think, just obviously disappointing. Um, you, you come in as a first year coach, and this is a, I think, completely different style of coaching that 
anyone who was even around for the Tim Jankovic era on that team were used to. Um, there's a lot of things done that I think, you know, deserve some looks at. And, you know, one of which, and I think SMU is going to correct it fairly quickly, is they've got to get another point guard. But they did get good news. Zurich Phelps is going to return to SMU. His dad uh, releasing a statement and Zurich releasing a statement. Um, and and Zurich and his dad, I think, did an interview with Dallas Morning News talking about it. But he had interest and people trying to tamper with him. But he's sticking with SMU. He likes what they're doing and likes the direction of the program. So Zurich Phelps sticking around. That's a big, big deal for SMU. But they have to go out and get a point guard. That was something Rob Lanier told us before the year that he really wishes they would have done gone out and got a point guard. And that was something that you could tell really hurt um, SMU. And so now uh, they are going out and and trying to find that. Um, we're already seeing as the transfer portal is opened, um, SMU reach out to numerous players. Um, Lamar, freshman guard, Nate Kalmisi, averaged 17 uh, points, two rebounds, two assists past season as a freshman, almost shot 50%. SMU has reached out to him. Uh, Butler, sophomore guard, Jaden Taylor uh, has been reached out to by SMU. A lot of, lot of high-profile programs have reached out to him as well. Um, but he is somebody that averaged 12.9 points per game, 3.8 rebounds, and 1.3 assists per game uh, this past season. Um, and then uh, Cameron Hunter, actually, out of uh, Central Arkansas, is another process, uh, another player, a guard, um, who they reached out to as well. He's 6'3". He's from Bryant, Arkansas originally, um, and he averaged seven, almost 17 points a game, five rebounds and 3.9 assists last year for the Bears. He's in the transfer portal, and SMU has reached out to him. Uh, I think this is, a, this is what SMU has to be doing. They've got to be going hard after point guards that can truly make a difference. And so far in just the day, um, which, by the way, over 200 players um, have entered the college basketball transfer portal already, uh, which is just insane um, already, uh, at least by the time I went to bed last night. That's what it was. I think it was 180 or so. There are going to be options for SMU. And in all likelihood, SMU is going to see a player or two depart. In this day and age, in this era, you look at the four seniors. Those are Zach Nuttall, uh, Frank Aguane, um, FAO DG and um, Darius McBride. So those four are out the door and heading out to play their college basketball elsewhere in all likelihood. Um, I would suspect Darius McBride either enters the portal or just starts working um, in the real world. But um, you do have a, a good core, I think, if you can get them to come back. You have Zurich Phelps. You have Jalen Smith. Um, you have Ricardo Wright, who's going to be your veteran. You have Samuel Williamson coming back. Um, and you have Stefan Todorovic if he, um, you know, continues to uh, stay on at SMU. I think his usage was very interesting this year. And I think he's somebody that it wouldn't shock me if he entered the portal um, just because of that. But you also have Mo and Jai coming back. I mean, he's going to be somebody that I think showed some strides here and there throughout the year. Um, now it's up to the staff to address some serious needs in the transfer portal, though. Um, you lose FAOD, who, you know, was up and down here and there. But at the end of the day, he was one of your better players. You've got to go out and get another big. You've got to hope Mo and Jai takes that ne next step forward. Keon Ambrose Hilton and Xavier Foster, two guys that are on their, you know, the younger side of things for this team still. 
that have to be relied upon to make waves and and produce at a high level. You know, the mystery of Xavier Foster is one of the things this year that, you know, probably doesn't get enough buzz, but it's also one of those things where, you know, when you ask Rob Lanier about it, he said he's still doing some things. He's, you know, he hasn't played in a long time at a, you know, consistently high um, extended period of time. So we've got to see more from him, but you know, the talent's there. He's just got to get it together off the court is what it seems like and do the things they ask of him because when he puts them together and you saw it in spurts when he actually got time, he's clearly one of the most talented players out there. So um, it is just getting going on the transfer portal front for the basketball side of things. We are going to cover that for you guys at on the pony express.com of course, because now it is time for this, this, coaching staff, this roster to be revamped and to be taken to the next level. We saw this team play really, really hard all season long, but there were so many things that stood in their way of winning, whether it be their awful free free throw shooting. I think it's okay to say that it's awful. Um, whether it be the inconsistent offense and offensive flow, whether it be, you know, giving up 90 plus points to a Cincinnati team, um, you know, in your final regular season game of the year. Um, you saw them jump out to leads, for example, against UCF in the AAC tournament. And then they go on to lose. And the lack of consistency in terms of production does not match the, the consistency of hard effort that this SME basketball team gave all year. I don't think there are many people out there that can sit back and say, this team gave up, this team quit. Guess what? I mean, they did not. And that doesn't count for anything at all. But I think what it counts for, at least, is really just kind of the direction Rob Lanier is trying to take this team. They have to clean up a lot of things. And there's a long to-do list for this staff. There's no question about it. But they had to turn over a culture. They had to turn over how the guys did things. And I, I think it just did not go, obviously, how everybody thought. I think not having that point guard to work alongside Zurich Phelps at a high level was really key in all of that. You know, the, the, the drink just was not stirred very well offensively this season. You know, Zurich had his nights where he was terrific and he had nights you can tell he was trying too hard or forcing things. And that's where you need a true point guard to come in and help him. So rumor has it, they've got one uh, that they allegedly feel good about. Um, so we'll continue to kind of track those rumblings for you guys at ontheponyexpress.com. Um, but that's really about all. I, I, I just want to kind of you know put a bow on the end of the season. We're going to try to get Rob Lanier to talk about it a little bit as, as things kind of close out and get his final thoughts on things, um, you know, heading into uh, his, his first full off season at SMU. So uh, it's been quite the year for SMU basketball, but now is the time where they've got to uh, hone in on some key transfers. You know, I, I would say four to well, clearly four, but um, four to five to six spots on the roster, you probably want to see retooled and they just got to keep chipping away and bringing in talent. Otherwise, they're going to be um, where they are, which is not in a good situation long term. Obviously, the AAC will change with Cincinnati, Houston, UCF out the door. But uh, this is a, uh, a team that has to get a lot better uh, over the course of the offseason. And uh, we'll see how Rob Lanier's recruiting chops are in the transfer portal this time around, as well as the evaluations, because some of them were misses as well. So 
With that, guys, going to wrap up this edition of the podcast. Uh, we do have exciting news for our next podcast. We're going to save that, but we do have a new sponsor uh, that we're going to be working with to start with for a bit. So excited about that news. We'll share that with you on the next edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. We will uh, also do some more in-depth talk on SMU football with spring practice being put on pull, put on hold uh, while they're on spring break. So appreciate all you guys listening to this edition of the podcast. Keep subscribing to our YouTube channel as well. Appreciate all the help on that front as we try to get to 1,000 subscribers. Hope everybody has a great week, and we'll catch you next time on the On the Pony Express podcast.